Yes, people, welcome back to Lee Judges TV. Albert's talking points. It's been a while, but before we get into it, people, let's hit the intro. There you have it, people. Welcome back. It has actually been quite a while for me, to be honest, um, for the run-up before Christmas was hectic. Hence the reason why I haven't seen me doing Albert's Talking Points, but it's good to be back with a band. Got my regular brother co-host kind of with me, RJ Arsenal blog, and we have my brother from another mother coming on out Lee Judge TV for the first time, Albert's Talking Points, and we are the Arsenal. But um, people, so much to talk about. Um going to start with sort of the transfer talk so people in the chat don't shoot me already it's only we're only we're only, we're only speculating and passing on rumors it's not our fault that our beloved club hasn't been doing their due diligence for 25 days 26 days um but yeah we'll get into it but first of all without further ado welcome back rj arsenal arsenal blog rowan how are you brother Oh, good, man. Thank you for having me again. You know, I always enjoy coming on this channel. Um, yeah, it's it's good to talk to you and obviously JC as well. So, yeah, excited for what we're going to be discussing today. Oh, there's always so much to talk about at Arsenal, man. A lot, can, <laughs> a lot can happen in a couple of months or even a couple of weeks or days even sometimes. Yeah. But big up to the people in the chat. Thank you for your hellos and smash the like button straight away as usual and help the channel. And obviously um, enjoy the stream for what we talk about. And last but not least... Like I said, my brother from another mother. JC, we are the Arsenal. Thank you and welcome aboard to Lee Judges TV. Oh, thank you very much. I really, really do appreciate the offer and invitation to come onto the channel and share the platform with yourself once again. And uh, Rohan as well. I watch a lot of your stuff on some of the other channels. So, yeah, really, really grateful for the opportunity to uh, share an evening with you both and talk Arsenal. Of course, man. No, of course. No, no. Definitely want to get you one, man. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to sort of start with the transfer stuff um, first, and then we'll sort of touch on towards the end um, your thoughts and feelings about where we're going um, as a club, because it seems to change every couple of days or, or weeks, whatever, whatever side of the fence you sit, you, side of the fence you sit on. But um, so yeah, in terms of the players that have left the club, no monetary value coming in coming in people um so rumors about Abamyang, potentially psg juventus sevilla and even ac milan um we know ainsley maitland niles has gone on loan to roma i didn't see that one coming if i'm being honest with you um balagans obviously got his loan to middlesbrough um working with a good manager in chris wilder there so um hopefully development will um be probably a little bit better than probably what he's had at arsenal thus far. Um, Sai Kolasinac has finally gone. He's gone to Marseille, um, linking up with um, our other lonely Matteo Quintuzzi. And obviously, Torreira is still on loan. One of our players still. He wouldn't even think so after all this time, but he is. Um, and obviously, William Saliba is doing his thing at Marseille. Um, guys, I'm going to come to Roman first, actually. The main talking point of the transfer window for Arsenal fans, um, there's been a lot of names mentioned, uh, the likes of Wijnaldum, um, 
Vlavic, which we're going to talk about. Um, people rumoured DCL for quite a while. There, there's so much to talk about, but I'm not going to rule through every single entire name. But um, the striking options uh, available to Arsenal. Before I come to you, Rowan, let me give you a tiny bit of context, if possible, <laughs> during this transfer window, the 26 days we've had. I, I've been asked on various platforms in terms of where Arsenal will finish. And in a nutshell, I said Arsenal won't get top four if they do not address the striking element. And I don't take away what we need in midfield. But I said it. I said this is... We don't score enough goals. Um, and that was always a big, big concern for me. I must admit, we'll do some Vlaovic, Rowan. I didn't know too much about him because, again, my days of watching Serie A football has, has, been, has gone way by. But from what I've seen, or from what I saw, um, he I can see why there's a lot of interest in him. And obviously, we saw five, six hours ago now that um, the deal more or less is going to be done for him to go to Juventus. So... What are your thoughts about Vlaovic um, as from what you've seen in terms of the player and obviously Arsenal's attempt to try and get him? But could you kind of give Arsenal a wincy bit of credit that they actually tried to make a genuine attempt to get this guy? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, coming into the January market, you know, it's always, you know, it's that frantic period of the season where you, you're trying to get what you can. Um, it's always difficult to do business in January over the years. We've seen that usually deals only happen when certain circumstances arise. Like, for example, with, you know, Van Dijk before, um, the reason why that happened was obviously because there was tension between Southampton and the player. So they thought, you know, it's best to to move him on and try and get the most out of him. When we look at Aubameyang, when he came to Arsenal as well, that only came to fruition because um, of dominoes happening quickly with yes. Giroud and, and Michi Batshuayi as well. So it's always a difficult market to do business, um, you know, unless certain circumstances arise and obviously player contracts as well. I think with Dusan Vlaovic, two weeks ago, I didn't know much about the player as well. Just just like yourself, I don't have, you know, as much time as what I would like to, to watch all the different leagues um, across Europe. But then obviously with Arsenal intensifying their interest in him, I'll always um, have a look at the player and, you know, do my due diligence and actually watch them over six, seven, eight games. And um, honestly, like um, before, my, my top target was um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But after watching certain strikers that we 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 were interested in, Vlavic was my top um, target, and I really wanted Very Arsenal good. to get this one over the line Very because good. I mm. think every striker on the market the they. The, the fee for them is is very high um, and no one is complete. Each striker has their own set of deficiencies. I think with Lavic is that in this Fiorentina team, he is their finisher because that is his best qualities in and around the box. I don't think there's a better guy on the market in terms of in and around the penalty area who, who takes chances with conviction. And you know you've got a really good probability of him um, converting anything that comes to him. And the statistics show that as well. You know, he's deadly. He's outperformed his XG over the last two years. Now, some may say that's unsustainable, but also I think sometimes it's just giving credit to a deadly striker. And that's what Vlavic is. Um, 
Uh, I think there's been a lot of criticism with regards to his link-up play um, and his ability to drop deep. But I think that's more down to the way Fiorentina set up. Um, mm. in, in that team, essentially, Vlavic is the guy who's going to be finishing the chances. So they want to keep him as high up the pitch as possible rather than him dropping deep. So others around him are going to be coming to feet a lot more. That's why you don't see him rank really highly with regards to you know passes completed, etc. But he can hold the ball up and he can bring others into the play. So I think um, in terms of complete striker, he's very close there. I think his weaknesses for me are um, he's very left-footed. Um, he's not strong in his right foot, so that's obviously uh, a certain concern you would have of him. Um, I think he can work on pinning centre-backs at times as well. He does go to ground quite easily at times, trying to get that foul um, too frequently. But when you look at his profile and the fact that he's you know 21 years of age mm. and you look at what he's been doing in Italy... Yeah, I really wanted Arsenal to get this guy, um, despite obviously certain deficiencies he has within this game. I think with Arsenal, you know, it, it's clear that that he was their top target. Arteta and Edu, they really wanted him. So, you know, if you don't try, you don't succeed. So I, I don't think um, we can really knock them for attempting to, to get this one over the line. I think the problems came, obviously, with the agents and um, that relationship there. He wasn't really responding. But maybe Arsenal thought that there was still a, a glimmer of hope that they could kind of persuade him towards the latter stage of the window. But now with Juventus coming into the fold and... It is quite known that Vlavic, um, that's his dream club. That's the club that he wants to play for. It, it kind of rules us out now. So I, I wouldn't knock Arsenal for actually, you know, pursuing it because, you know, he's a very good striker. But now it's down on getting your, you, pursuing your second and third options. You know, it's about being proactive and analysing the situation and seeing what you can do um, when something doesn't come your way. And unfortunately, that's the case with um, the Vlavic deal. No, well said. It, that, and, and that's the point. I'm going to bring you in, JC. The thing is, one of my concerns, people in the chat, you might agree, disagree, um, drop drop the comments in as we as we do the live stream, but it's not so much... When it comes to transfer windows, you're not always going to get your plan A. My thing was, I looked at it from a different point of view in the sense that if you can't get your plan A, what is the alternatives? Um... And listen, like I said, I, from the from the footage I saw of Vlaovic and I watched YouTube video after YouTube video, it wasn't for me. I wasn't just looking at in terms of the fact that he scores goals, which is obviously the most important thing. But I'm looking at how he scores the goals. Um, what what's his build up play like? What's his touch like? What's his movement off the ball? Um, what's his strengths? What's his weaknesses? Um, I sort of looking for about a hundred million YouTube videos. I thought, you know what? If Arsenal can make if Arsenal could have got that deal done, make it happen. But from when I heard Juventus are interested, I said, you know what? This is heading one way. Um, he, he's going to go Juventus and that's going to turn out to be sort of the way. So, JC, coming to you, mate. Um, how, with the Vlavic links, and obviously I'm going to bring in as well in terms of the links with Artemelo from bringing in from Juventus, um, because there's two main areas that we are crying out for. Um even irrespective of whether we have, irrespective of we had Afcon or not, we still needed to reinforce in those areas. So, what did you make of um, the Vlaovic links? Were you were you convinced, or was there always that sort of reservation? And and what's your thoughts in terms of Artemelo coming to Arsenal? So yeah, with with Vlaovic, very similar to to the pair of you up until around about sort of mid December. I hadn't really heard too much about him. And that's when it really started to take off with Arsenal being linked with the player. The one thing that we have to appreciate, though, is for many, many years now, 
a lot of Arsenal fans have been complaining that the club have shown no ambition in the transfer market. Arsenal have not tried to compete against other giants, shall we say, your Barcelona's, your Real Madrid's. And if we look back at the statistics behind Vlaovic over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, in terms of his goal scoring record and what he offers Fiorentina, who aren't having a fantastic season in terms no. of where they are in the league, there are only two players currently in Europe that are playing better than him in his position, and that's Mbappe and Haaland. So if you told me in December that Arsenal had an opportunity to sign potentially the third best possibly striker. upcoming striker yeah, yeah. in Europe, I would have laughed in your face because I wouldn't have thought it was true. So we have to appreciate firstly that Arsenal were even in these conversations and you'd like to think that, you know, moving into the summer now, regardless of what happens into this window, that that same ambition could be shown again to strengthen for, for next season. Obviously, I'm gutted that we are probably mm. not going to sign him now. And who are we going to get instead? The problem I have That's is that yeah. Arsenal, surely they would have known over the last few weeks, if, if the rumours are true that you know the agent isn't answering the phone, Vlaovic isn't wanting to speak with the club, Arsenal should have already been making a plan B, right. shall we say, yes. uh, with regards to other players. Look, at the start of the season... I didn't think Arsenal were going to get top four. I thought Man United would push on considering who they signed and where they finished last season. And I expected Arsenal to maybe finish in, in the top six. My head was turned like a lot of people that we were in the conversation for top four. And now that we're in that position, we need to, we need to make it happen. We need to make it happen. So if the 70 million pound that was available for Vlaovic is still available, then we need to be asking a question of Everton, who aren't in a very good position at the moment. Dominic Calvert-Lewin can't be happy there with the way they've been playing football over the last 12 to 18 months since the back end of Ancelotti being in charge. And then you've got Isaac as well. You know, you put £75 million on the table and we have the right to speak to the player. Raul Sosidad cannot get involved in any way, shape or form. Very similar to the way that we, well, I'd say negotiate, but it wasn't a negotiation with Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey we put the yeah, money yeah. on the table, we can speak to the player. He seems to be high on the list. Um, Artemelo, at the start of the window, we didn't know that Thomas Partey was going to come back as soon as he did, but I still think that we're lacking big 100%. numbers in midfield. I think, yes, you know, come come our next game uh, against Wolves, you know, we've got Thomas Partey back for that. We've got Granit Xhaka back for that. El Nenny will probably be back as well, but we've sent a player out on loan. Without bringing in reinforcements, you'd imagine that Ainsley Maitland-Niles probably would have played in the last couple of games. It was inexcusable for me for Arsenal to send the player out without bringing in reinforcements. And I hope the same situation doesn't unfold with Aubameyang. Although it doesn't look like he's going to feature in an Arsenal shirt again this season. But you just know that if we don't sign a striker and we let him go, two weeks into February, Lacazette and Ketia get injured and we're left with no recognised strikers up front. So we can't allow that situation to happen again. And bringing in Artemelo for six to 18 months, depending on what the rumours are, is risk-free for me because if he comes in and does a good job and we've got an option to buy, it's win-win. Arsenal need to be getting the business done. We need to bring reinforcements in. It's too many times this season where we've been without options in midfield. We're in a similar situation right now up front. The, the, the deals need to happen over the next six or seven days. Yeah, no, what good points, JC. I just want to, God, just want to quickly get in this. Thank you, Scott, my guy. Australia got my guy, man. Thank you for the super chat, man. Very kind donation. 
Champion panel, thank you, mate. And top three, need to address the situation quickly. We tend to do our business late and it's usually done very quietly. Um, yeah, Scott, I, I take your point. I think the problem is, um, for me, and I'm going to bring you two guys, you can obviously get your, your opinions as well, is I understand the point of January is a very difficult window, but that's not, that's not to say you can't get business done. Arsenal notoriously um, haven't been very good in terms of transfer dealings, um, generally speaking, and in particular during the transfer, January transfer window. So I'm... I don't say this. I don't say this because I'm happy to say it, but I'm not shocked at the way the transfer window's gone. When I listened to the way Mikel Arteta was speaking um, after the Burnley game, as an Arsenal fan, that's a massive concern for me because it's almost it's almost kind of pot luck, pot luck whether we bring somebody in. That's not the type of energy and 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 wording and language you want to hear from your manager. People might say he's being honest, but. It's not great. Arsenal, coming to you, Rowan, Arsenal had a massive opportunity with being at top four at the time to actually kick on, depending on who you bring in during the, tra during the transfer window. Like I said, we're 26 days in. We haven't got very long left. Um, are you confident that Arsenal are going, are going to address the two main issues at this football club at the moment? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it's 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 difficult to to answer, really, isn't it? I, I do think we'll get one in. Um, I think we we might. Well, I think we will get in a midfielder. I still think we do need a central midfielder because I think when um, when I spoke on this channel before um, about our summer recruitment, I, I showered it with immense praise. You know, I was really happy with it. I think every signing made perfect sense, and you could see the way the club were going in terms of their recruitment, the types of profiles they're looking to bring in, and it, it just screamed to me it was a sustainable transfer window. Um, but my only reservation was that I do think we are a central midfielder light because I think when mm. Edu spoke about it in his interview, he said uh, why he didn't bring in another midfielder on top of Sambi Lukonga. He, he said that, you know, we have Granite Jack and Thomas Partey as our two senior central midfielders. And if they're not available, then we bring mm. Sambi in. I think that's a massive risk, um, you know, going into the season with just two experienced midfielders. I know Elneny's there as well, but, um, you know, he's he's a player who doesn't fill me with massive confidence, um, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, Ainsley as well, you know, there's there's always uncertainty around him in terms of, you know, he wants to play in midfield. Um, but, you know, that the evidence is there, is there to suggest that he's, his best performances have come at right back. So there was a lot of uncertainty for me in that midfield. And that's why I was a little bit worried that um, we, we did go into the season slightly light. And we're seeing that in, in the January period as well, where, um, you know, I think both Granite Jack and Thomas Partey, they, they have let the team down um, in different ways in terms of obviously Granite with his red yeah. card against Liverpool, because we knew the situation we were in anyway. We were midfield light um, going into that period. And then his red card put Sambi Lukonga under immense pressure um, to be the only um, on paper midfielder that we have. But Sambi's still a young kid learning. And then Thomas Partey comes back and he gets sent off as well. Um, you know, in the, in the return leg against Liverpool. Um, so yeah, those two definitely have let themselves down because when we when we have played with those two, we, we put in really good performances for me. And um, so that's been the fear I've had that, you know, outside of those two, um, we I think our performance level drops drastically because we just don't have the quality um, and the experience. So, yeah, I think um, definitely a central midfielder for me still needs to come in because we still have a, a lengthy amount of the, the season left. So let's say a Thomas yeah. Party does sustain an injury. 
then we were in a massive problem again as well. So um, I still think a midfielder is needed. Striker is an interesting one. You know, we, the, the reports are obviously Isak and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I, I really like... Yeah. I, I really like Isak. Um, I think his signing is one that's more of a project. I think he, he will yeah. really hit it in, in two or three years' time. Will he deliver the impact right now? There, there's uncertainty there. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I don't think he has the same potential as an, uh, as an Isak, but I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin would hit the ground running a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really difficult. I think midfielder, um, will get one in striker wise. I'm not sure, but we do need one. I see you're probably crossing your fingers when you're saying that Rowan, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just, it's so difficult to predict, you know, I know, I know you make a good point about Arsenal needing to be a bit more proactive for sure in the, in the January window, yeah. but you know, it's, it's just hard for me to say, you know, um, right now, you know, we have a week left, um, in yeah. terms of if we, if we do get in our targets or not. Yeah, I I, f I think what makes Arsenal fans blood boil a, little, a, a lot, not even a little bit, is um, yeah. I mean, when they see other clubs, and it's not about whether this isn't so much for me about money. It's about being proactive and, and knowing your your plan A and your plan B's. Um, I mean, when I heard Villa were linked with Rodrigo Bentoncourt, I said, "What? Are you serious?" I said, "Wow." Um. Listen, I don't know for whatever reason it hasn't worked out at Juventus for him, but he is a very, very good player. And if that's true, that they can nab him for 16 million, fair play to Villa's recruitment. But I think someone made a good point in the chat earlier. And Jason, I'm going to come to you and I'll probably get Rowan's thoughts on it a little bit as well. Is If I was a player and I was coming to the Premier League, if it was a choice to work with a manager, whether it out of Steven Gerrard or Mikel Arteta, I know who I'm going to choose 10 times out of 10. So the, there's a, there, there is a big factor in terms of sometimes if the manager has the pull. Yes, P Steven Gerrard isn't massively experienced, but he's, you know, he's, he comes with an aura and, 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 uh, you know, it's no, it's no coincidence that, you know, if he wasn't there, would would Coutinho have gone to Aston Villa? Probably not. You know, talking about Rodrigo Bentancourt going there. You know, there's a. I'm sure there's probably other players that's, that's going to be linked that we're going to hear about. Um, you know, I think apparently I think Tottenham are interested in getting Adama Traore. He's but he's very hit and miss. He, but when he's on, he's on, he's on it. Um, but I think that's what probably gets the Arsenal fan backs up that when they see other clubs doing business and getting it done, and it's not just a January transfer thing. It's a summer window thing. We saw it last summer, oh, but it's the Euros and nobody else is doing any business. They weren't doing business. Arsenal just were doing it very, very slowly. Yes, we had a decent transfer window, but, you know, it's a tough one. I think the only sort of smidgen of positivity we can take, and it's a very small um, smidgen of positivity, is the fact that there are six days left. Um, I don't know what Edu and Arteta are doing, but um, we obviously know Arteta has gone. He's got. He's, he's gone to America to meet with the Cronkies, I believe it is. Um, I wonder what that conversation is going to be about. But yeah, JC, with with you in terms of Isaac, um, again, from what I've seen, he does excite me, and he would be very beneficial to someone like uh, Martin Odegaard because he's got that knack of coming in from the left and beautiful finishes with his right foot into the top right and left hand corners and the rest of it. Um, again, Rohan's right. He's not going to come in and bang you 25 goals a season straight away. He's not going to do that. You can see that by his numbers and probably style of play. 
Physique-wise, he does give us something. Maybe he needs to bulk up a little bit, but that will come with time. He's only 22, I believe it is. Um, the release clause is massive, but a lot of these foreign clubs um, in the top European leagues, they are struggling for money. So I don't know how late Arsenal are going to leave it if they're serious about him as, a, as an option or a plan B, JC, but what's your thoughts on Arsenal potentially bring him, bringing Isaac to Arsenal? I think he's a fantastic option and you made some really, really good points about him generally as a player. I think at the moment, when you look back at some of the games that we've had this season where we've been boxed in and Arsenal hit the ball long, and I think Aubameyang was playing in some of those games, you know, it's not part of his all-round play to, you know, win those headers, those flick-ons, those touches, hold the ball up um, and bring our wingers into play. And I think Isaac would do that very, very well. Maybe not initially, maybe after bulking up and adapting to the Premier League, but He's very good for his height, his stature, his dribbling capabilities just don't suit the type of player that he should be when you look at him, but he does. He's got fantastically quick feet, knows how to beat a player. And as you already mentioned, he he can definitely add more goals to his game. And again, you know, very similar to uh, Vlaovic at Fiorentina, you know, he's not playing in the best team in the Liga right now. So if you put him in a better team, uh, you give him Odegaard as that service again. They mm. played phenomenally well together in that season in the Liga a year or two back. Um, I think it would be a great purchase for Arsenal. Um, it's interesting. One thing that we'll never know the answer to is whether or not he's always or always has been the second target for Arsenal, or if it's more of a yeah. financial thing, because Jonathan David is another name that's been linked with Arsenal mm. quite heavily. And there were rumours to say that Edu held talks with him um, in December or his agents in December, but there was no way he was going to move until the summer. Seems very similar with regards to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So is he the only viable option? Is that the reason we're targeting him at the moment? The other problem that we have is that Real Sociedad have all the power at the moment. You know, you're talking about losing your number one striker in the middle of the season. Why should they negotiate? This late in the window, is it going to be easy for them to replace someone like him and replace, you know, what he offers the team? It's going to be really, 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 really difficult. So it just depends if Arsenal have got the money as well. It's going to cost 75 million up front. Um, some of the rumours with regards to Vlaovic was another sort of situation with Pepe, with the sort of payments being instalments yes. over a number of years. You know, unless Arsenal can negotiate a, a smaller fee for Isaac, then... I don't know. Um, I said on my Twitter page earlier today that it's going to get to the last day of the window, the 31st of January, and we're going to see Luka Jovic come in on a six-month loan. That that That's my prediction, unfortunately, because all the power at the moment and control with other clubs, they know Arsenal are desperate for a striker at the moment because of our situation, unfortunately. That's the thing, obviously, with, with going for Vlaovic and spending quite a lot of time on him. Listen, it, we've gone for him. It hasn't happened. We, we, we move on to the next person. Um I know the Jovic um, link might not excite people, but at the end of the day, what's the alternative? We stick with what we've got and struggle to score goals. As you've seen, in, we scored one goal. What last goal was against uh, Man City. We haven't scored in, what, five games, is it? No goals. Like it, it, The situation is dire. It, and the thing is, this is, not some, this is something we saw coming. We did. Uh, Aubameyang's form has not been anywhere near what it was when he first joined Arsenal. And he's not going to be an Arsenal player anytime soon. Let's let's be honest, he's on his... He, 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 I'll be shocked if he's not gone in January. 
I'd be absolutely shocked if he's not gone in the next six days. But um, JC, you make some good points, man. I think Jovic... Listen, I, it's one of them ones for me where... You see how he gets on if he comes in, man. Like it's, it's it's as simple as that. Because you can, yes, if we're going by what we saw when he when he start when he had his time at Eintracht Frankfurt, you'd be like, oh, maybe you know what, there is something there. But listen, he's got a big money move to a big club where it's not worked out so far. He's not the only one that's happened to. Um, so we will see. But um, needs it's needs must, and we need to see some activity coming, even if it is on January thirty first, which is not ideal. But listen. That's when the January transfer window ends. Um, I hear people's frustrations in the chat. Trust me, I've heard it for, since the beginning of January. Um, but we, we are where we are, unfortunately. But yeah, let me read out the super chat from Wayne. Thank you, Wayne Sage. Um, the midfield is where our problems are. Arsenal scored 33 goals, three less than United, who has Cavani and Ronaldo and seven more than Spurs. We have Kane. When Jacker and Party are on the pitch, we score. Um, now, I'll take your point. I'll take your point, Wayne. I think... Um, a lot of people, when we played Burnley recently, were saying that we're missing Jacker and Partey. I understand that from an experience point of view. But in terms of the games that they have featured in, for example, thank you, Wayne, for the super chat, by the way. Um, have we been much better, even with those two playing? You'd have to, I'll be honest with you, I don't think we really have, to be honest. Um but no, um, guys, listen. The transfer window—it's—it's gonna—it's <laughs> gonna—it's uh, gonna be interesting to see what happens, man. And, and to be honest, what our, what our rivals do as well, because then they wait if they strengthen. Um, you know, people might look at the league table and go, "Oh, but Arsenal, you know, what are we? Arsenal six at the moment, um, two points behind United with a game in hand." You might look at that and go, "Oh, it's not—it's not that bad," but actually if you'd kind of not look at the league table and close your eyes for about five minutes or whatever, and you look at our form from what you've seen in terms of the way the team's playing at the moment and the lack of cohesion. And I think the last couple of games, we've looked toothless. Um, and I'm being polite by using the word toothless, to be honest with you. <laughs> but but um, now guys, now it's great to get your opinions about the transfer um, window. But um, I still want to come to you, before we sort of talk about the recent games, I want to talk to you about Mikel Arteta because obviously there's rumours about him getting a two-year extension in terms of his contract. Um, I'm going to come to JC first, actually, with this. Uh, what were your thoughts um, about those rumours, potentially him being rewarded with a further two years? Before you answer that, and Arsenal fans, you might want to tune out now or, or shut your ears, but for the ones that are not really, how can I put it, in favour in favor of Arteta, um, to use a better word, a better phrase. Um, I don't think, I think you'll see him here for the next couple of years. I think the only circumstance where he will be removed is if Arsenal are relegated, and that's not going to happen. And that's an extreme circumstance. Listen, there's things that's happened in the last 18 months where there's more reasons for him to not be the manager than to give him a further two years. Facts. You can argue that as much as you want on Twitter or Instagram as much as you want, or with your mates in, or in a pub or whatever. Um, what, JC, what's your thoughts about the rumours about the two-year extension? It's, it's an interesting one because, as you said, 
you know, if there was ever an opportunity to to get rid of a manager, you know, with two eighth place finishes now in the last two seasons, it's it's difficult out because cups. out of both cups as well, and, yeah, already. And we, well, I spoke about it on my channel the other day with, uh, with some of the some of the boys, and yeah. we were talking about him getting it at the end of the season, and it would be based on where he finishes and what would justify him being given that contract based on where he finishes. And then literally a few days later, a rumour comes out that Arsenal want to offer Arteta a contract because they're worried that when Pep leaves, they're going to try and steal him away from Arsenal. So I can understand the board's point of view on it because it's a long-term project that Arsenal are looking to build. And unless, as you said, Arsenal get relegated, you know, you're getting rid of the manager that's helping build that long-term project. It wouldn't make any sense. You know, some of those players may not be of use to the new manager does he deserve it, in my opinion, just yet? No, he hasn't earned it. Um, I think talks should probably be held over the summer based yeah, on what we're doing the, moving forwards. The timing stinks, mate. I'm sorry, it does. I, I just think, how can there be... I mean, listen, I, I'm I'm not a journalist, as, as you guys fully well know, but uh, they have to obviously, you know, they've got a living and they've got to re put reports out there. But JC, come back to you. Sorry, mate. Yeah, just I just think the timing of it is just... It's not ideal, man. It's not ideal. The only thing on a bit of a, a funny one, the only thing I can think of here is that they're trying to really spice up this Amazon documentary at the moment because every month there seems to be something going on at Arsenal Football Club to try and really spice things up. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's the media. I think it's the, the usual you know, newspapers spreading these rumours. It wouldn't surprise me if it's just the newspapers trying to ruffle feathers um, and unsettle people at Arsenal. We know there's, there's clearly an agenda against Arsenal Football Club uh, when it comes to the media, unfortunately. But I can't see anything happening until until the summer, unless there's conversations going on behind closed doors between the owners of Man City and Arteta that no one else knows about. Now, well said. Ryan, let me get your thoughts quickly on um, sort of Arteta contract um, <laughs> extensions. Talk. I, you know what? The thing is, Rowan, before you say anything, I, I, the thing is, JC, I do believe it. They've backed him. There's been ample opportunity to remove him as, as the manager, just on a performance base. Um, listen, I don't know too many. I know I don't know. I don't know what people in the chat what you do for a living in terms of your work, but I don't know too many people that have jobs where you have poor performance and you get a pay rise. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anywhere. I don't know too many people that where that happens. It, it, maybe it does happen to some people's jobs, but Rowan, what's your thoughts, mate? Sorry. Yeah, the, the timing's interesting, isn't it, for sure? Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a case of, you know, this this news has came out when Arsenal have gone through a little bit of a poor run. Because, um, you know, if if this news came out, let's say, you know, when we were performing well, you know, in, in that period um, over Christmas, uh, I think, you know, you wouldn't see the same level of, tox um, of toxic behaviour. But at the same time, for me, you know, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Mikel Arteta. I've, I've always reiterated that. Um, I know, and I, I know, Rob, I know. I'd, um, <laughs> but, I, but I think, you know, with me, I've, I've always criticised him when I feel he, he deserves the criticism as well. Um, I think best is to is to wait until the end of the season and over the summer you negotiate it. I do think that they have offered 
offered this contract because I think they do believe in him and the project. Because I think what one thing Arteta's done really well is when you look at the the squad that we that he inherited to what it is right now, he's removed a lot of the bad eggs, and I think the culture has changed um, um, quite a bit. And you can see the 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 way we're recruiting players now and um, the change in profiles. I think he's done a lot of good things. There've obviously been a lot of turbulence as well, um, questionable mm. decisions. Um, you go back to the Villarreal two legs, um, oh. you know, and etc. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, situations which Arteta has um, deserved the criticism. Um, but I think you know when I look at this season, um, you look at the games that Arsenal have won. I think we've performed really well, and I don't think we can say Arsenal deserve to drop points in the games that we've won. And at the same time, the games that we've dropped points and we've lost, we kind of deserve to to drop points or lose those games as well. Barring Man City, of course, um, where I felt we were, you know, we performed really well, but um, you know, the certain um, circumstances in the game arise which which prevented us in that in, in that game as well. So I think wait till the end of the season and see how we perform. Because I think, I know a lot of people are looking at it and thinking if Arsenal fit, uh, miss out on top four, he should be sacked. I look at it more from performances and um, how what what the journey is. You know, if Arsenal finish fifth or even sixth, but are a couple of points um, outside of the top four and it's, you know, you look back at certain games in which there are fine margins, I think you could, you could say that still is progression relative to the to the previous seasons we've had. Um, so then I think that would warrant a new deal. But at the same time, if we finish, you know, let's say hypothetically speaking, we finish eighth and we have a really poor second half of the season, then, you know, he doesn't really, there's not many, I, I can't give you much to say that he deserves a new deal. So best for me is to wait until um, the, the summer. But at the same time, I do think that this news is true. It's just the timing of it has, um, has obviously sent, has really, really, um, <laughs> it does. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it is. It does. And um, but that's that's what it is, isn't it? You know, when when things aren't happening for you, um, when it you know when it's raining, it pours, doesn't it? Whatever the saying mm. is. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the timing isn't good. I do believe the news, but at the same time, as much as I'm a fan of him, I would wait until the summer and see how the second half of the season goes. Yeah, no, good points, guys. Um, I think for me, um, anybody that's heard my views about our boss, um, I I, I just, I I look at it this way. Um, I I see a manager who's been here now, this is his third season, right? Um, I personally see very little progression. Uh, On top of that, I see a manager who, for me, is out of his depth. Now, if, as a club, now this this is the problem, if you're prepared to still give the manager more of an opportunity, when for me, it's pretty clear he's out of his depth. What do you do? Are you are you going to stick with him, hoping he's going to turn it around? I, I, that that's not the way to run a football club. But then that's the problem that the owners that we have, because they're absent owners. We don't see them. We don't hear from them. So I know some Arsenal fans will come out on social media and say they'll go, "Well, you know what? Oh, but you know what? What other managers are out there? You could say that about any manager, any time of any time they manage a football club. There's all once. There's always somebody out there." Arsenal missed the boat on managers. That's 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 a systemic thing. That's nothing new. But I just think with Arteta, what I've seen, um, I mean that game. I mean, is it the game for people that were at the game against Burnley on on um, Sunday? That was an awful watch. Now I take into consideration about COVID and injuries, and everybody's going to say the same thing. 
we've seen we've seen Mr. Klopp moan about certain things as well, the way Liverpool conducted themselves. That's another story. But I just think I, to me, I'm concerned. I have been concerned anyway before the start of the season. Um, I never ever at any point, and I probably won't do this season entertain the top four talk. I won't. I just don't. I just I look at our squad after our first sort of first 12, 13 players, guys. We are struggling. Let's be honest. I mean, I even looked at the bench on on Sunday and some of the Arsenal fans were discussing and it weren't no disrespect to Patino and some of the young boys and Hutchinson that were on the bench, but we're looking around thinking, who's that warming up? Who's that? Have we seen them before? Like, that's not a place to be, man. We're Arsenal Football Club. Struggling to beat bottom of the side Burnley. And I said this as well. If there's one game in the Premier League, right, where you need to stamp your authority in the first 15 or 20 minutes and put a marker down against the team because you know how they're going to set up against you, it's Burnley. Irrespective of where they are in the league because you just saw we we, we struggled to break these guys down, man. It was... We're, 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 we are still an attractive club, JC and Rowan, but um, it's one thing being an attractive club and it's another thing being able to get your business done efficiently and early. Those are two completely different things. And we suffer from this season after season. Um, but people in the chat and JC and Roman, we still got six days left. So um, we'll see what happens. But um, now, guys, um, we're going to wrap it up very soon. But I thought I want to come, I want to sort of ask you guys, um, our sort of our next three games. Uh, we got Wolves, I believe, on the 10th of February. That's away. Brentford. As we far, as far as we know, is on the nineteenth of um, February. JC, you will be coming to that game. It would be great to meet you finally. And we've got Watford on the fifth of March, as it stands. So, guys, it's it's got to be surely a necessity to get nine points out of nine. Has to be. Rowan, come to you quickly. Yeah, um, it's interesting. You know, before the season started, um, and like the, the last couple of seasons as well, I, I felt that, you know, the, the quality of the league has increased and that's due to the money that's been um, introduced into the Premier League and um, how teams, you know, across the league can, can buy players. And that's why to finish in the top four, you know, it's it's been around 65 to 70 points um, to get there. And that's, you know, it's, it's quite low. Uh, and that's because of the inconsistencies and in how, you know, teams are able to take points off the top teams. That's what we've seen this season as well. So uh, I think that, you know, the likes of Spurs and Man United will drop points as well. Um, there's still a long way to go this season. So um, for me, I, I don't think it's a necessity to get nine points. I think for Arsenal, it would be massive for them to, to get on another run and to, to get that confidence going again. Um, but I, I think when I'm looking at these three games, Wolves away, that'll be very tough. Um, yeah, I, I was know. actually... Yeah. I was actually happy that our game against Wolves got cancelled, um, you know, after Norwich because they they would have had, you know, so much time to prepare. They, it was them who cancelled it in the end, but they would have had a week to prepare for it. We would have had, um, you know, not even one full day's worth of rest to go into that game. And Wolves, we've seen them this season on the Bruno Large, and we've seen Wolves since they came up in the Premier League. When they play against the big teams, they're very difficult to beat, and um, they have uh, a method that has brought them good success. You know, I think they've beaten all the top teams since they came up in the Premier League. League, you yeah. know, and, and they've had they've had a lot of success against Arsenal. We've not yeah. beaten them at the Emirates since they at came. At the Emirates, up. exactly. Yeah, good point. We, 
obviously this is away from home, but they've beaten us away but, from home as well. They yeah, beat us yeah. last season. They beat us in their debut season. So um, that'll be tough. I think it'll be kind of a similar game that we saw against Burnley. You know how they're going to be very compact and organised. But the difference between um, Burnley and Wolves is that Wolves do have quality um, in attacking areas as well. So it will yeah. definitely be a tricky one. Um I think we do need the win um, in that game to give us that momentum because I think the games against Brentford and Watford, I, I back Arsenal, providing all our key players stay fit. It's one of those ones with Arsenal, and I've reiterated from the start, if we have our key players across the spine of the team available, we can be competitive and we can beat um, most of the teams that we have left um, in the fixture list, you know, hmm. barring... Barring Liverpool, Liverpool, I'd fancy. Yeah, barring <laughs> Liverpool, uh, barring Liverpool, I, I fancy that, us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I fancy us to to compete against any of the other teams that we have. Um, Chelsea will be difficult as well, of course. Um, so that's the key for me. You know, have players fit and available, our key players. You know, because we've seen it. This Arsenal team, especially in central midfield and in defence as well. Um, if you lose a Thomas Partey, for example, if you lose a Tommy Yasu, there's a drastic drop in performance levels because the backups um, don't give you that same level of quality so that's what it's about I think if we have a fit enough team um, I think we can beat Wolves um, I, I think I'm I'm leaning more towards a draw in that game um, yeah. right yeah. now uh, but I think we do need to win that and then I do think we win the, um, the, the two after. Seven points out of nine would for me be respectable um, we all want nine points for sure but um, if, if you gave me seven right now uh, I probably would take it to be honest yeah Rowan, I will snap your hand off to take seven out of nine. Um, yeah. Listen, it'd be, it'd be fantastic for Arsenal to get nine points out of nine, but I look at the fixtures. You're right, you make a good point about Wolves, um, particularly at the Emirates. We haven't beaten them since they've come up. Um, in, yeah, in we needed a lot more time to prepare for that game. I, I think that could have been a real banana skin. Um, so yeah. I'm happy that got re that got rescheduled, actually. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've still got Tottenham as well to be rescheduled as well. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that'd, that'd be interesting, yeah. Um, but yeah, JC, same to you, mate. Um Nine points out of nine will be fantastic, obviously. But realistically, what do you think we will get in terms of a points return? Not to sound boring, but I, I have to agree with Rohan. Um, I know we come onto these shows to have different opinions, but you, you got it absolutely spot on. And I think when you look back at, you know, some of our better runs this season, you know, where we've gone eight, nine, ten games unbeaten, you know, it's where we've shown consistency in those senior players being fit, playing week in, week out. And if we can field a team like that against Wolves, which is definitely the, the toughest of the three fixtures, and it will set the tone for the other two fixtures and whether or not there's that added level of pressure going into the, the Brentford and then the Watford game, because there's a, there's a level of expectation yeah. that Arsenal, rather than, you know, let's go and win this game, it's you need to go and win this game. So there's an extra level of pressure that's unneeded at a really vital part of the season. But Wolves... As Rowan said, they're a really tough side. You know, when you look at, you know, some of the performances they've put in this season, you know, Man City, they're on a 13-14 game winning run. During that run, they played Wolves where they had a very dubious penalty to say the very least. You know, that game could have been a draw. Wolves had chances themselves. So, you know, on their day, you know, they can compete with the, the best in the Premier League. And and as, as you said, you know, we don't have a very good record against them. But... If for whatever reason we drop points against Wolves, then the, the other two games are must wins. You know, if we want to be in that conversation come the end of the season, whether yeah. it's a top four or top six, whichever way round it finishes, these are the games that we need to be picking up points in. And, you know, I think the likes of Man United and Spurs, they've all still got to play Chelsea, 
Liverpool and City between now and the end of the season. So they've got some big games themselves. We need to go out and win our games. Seven points for me. No, I was said. No, I was just to quickly, just to quickly touch on that, Albert. Um, with Wolves, yeah, you, like this season, Wolves. Um, if you go through their games against the big teams, um, straight away early in the season, they played United and Spurs. If you watch those games, they should have taken all three points in both of those games. They fin- they ended up with nothing. Especially United, against, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And then they played City, and like um JC said as well, they were very um unlucky to not come out of that game with a point. Liverpool needed the dying embers of the game to beat them. Um, at Molyneux as well. Um. You know, they, they beat Man United at Old Trafford convincingly. I know 1-0 suggests it wasn't a convincing performance, but you, you look at the way Wolves played in that game. They thoroughly deserved the win. You know, they, they've they performed very well throughout the season. And I think they're I think they've conceded like sixteen or seventeen goals this season as well. They're mm, top team and, and Bruno Large is a good manager, so yeah, that'll be difficult. Yeah, he's been he's been he's done a very good job at Wolves this season. Um it's interesting how they would kick on after um obviously Nuno left, but yeah, um, he's done, he's done very well. It's been a tricky game when we played him, but um, just look, sort of before we wrap up, GBR, I'll get your point about um, the Burnley game. I saw your chat, I saw your um, comment in the chat. What I would say, I, I, what I will say to what you're saying is that if Lacazette buries that chance to win that game 1 0, maybe the discussion about the game is very different. That's what I will say. And I think that's the problem with the striking options, which I've been banging on about for about two and a bit years, is that Lacazette has some very, very, very good attributes. He does. But, however, when you have games that are tight, irrespective of his Burnley, Accrington, Stanley, Millwall, Barcelona, it doesn't matter. There's going to be games where you don't have a lot of chances to score goals. And the game against Liverpool, Lacazette had a brilliant chance, doesn't hit the target. You make the goalkeeper work. The same chance again against Burnley in the second half. Make the goalkeeper work. It's 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 fine margins, and that's why the emphasis about the striker for me is critical. It's not important. It's critical, and that's what I'll say about that. But people in the chat, thank you for your amazing comments. The chat is very very busy, very lively, great opinions, very very respectful. Hopefully, the football will be a little bit more enjoyable for the fans. Um, listen, we ain't got a game for a while now. Um, whether you've got wives, girlfriends, husbands, partners, you've got you've got Valentine's Day to look forward to after the Wolves game. So listen, <laughs> enjoy your time, man. Trust me. But um, desperately need a striker. But guys, awesome panel. Thank you, Rowan and and um, JC. Rowan, tell the guys where they can find you. Yeah, uh, yeah, on Twitter, uh, my handle's there at RJ Arsenal blog. Um, yeah, if you want to follow, follow. If you don't, you don't. I, I don't take any. Um take it any wrong way anyway so yeah it, it, and that's where you can find me well son people subscribe to Rowan's channel and look out for his stuff on twitter great stuff he does man and jc thank you for coming on man first time on great views and opinions man i know you've got a youtube channel plug it tell the people where they can find you man well no first of all i just want to say thank you very much for inviting me on it's been a pleasure to speak football with the pair of you this evening I uh, really, really appreciate all of your opinions. Um, like you said, Albert, I do have a YouTube channel. We are the Arsenal. Um, I do reviews after every game, player analysis on new signings. So if that's your cup of tea, come over to the channel and subscribe. People in the chat, when people watch it on YouTube or watch it back, go and subscribe to my people's channels, man, and follow their football and opinions. Listen, we don't always agree. That is the beauty. I think Brian Clough said it one time. I'm sure he did. He said, football is about opinion. 
Was he not wrong? <laughs> no, no, I don't think he was. I think there's some, there's some truth in there. There's some very big truth in that. People, as your host, Albert JTV, I do have my own channel, um, as well as being given the fantastic opportunity to come on here from Judges and Dan Potsy. Um, yeah, Albert JTV, people, come and subscribe to the channel. Help me get to 1K before the end of the season. That's the target. Tough guy on YouTube, but you know what? I enjoy doing it, so why not? <laughs> but Rowan and JC, fantastic company. Thank you, guys. People in the chat, give yourself a round of applause. Thank you for your amazing, amazing chat. Guys, so, um, yeah, we've got a little bit of a break from Arsenal, but you'll see me about, you see JC about, you see RJ, Arsenal blog about, we'll be about on Twitter, putting out our views and opinions about football as well as Arsenal. So, um, people, that's me, Albert JTV, for Lee Judge TV, over and out. Take care, people. Thank you.